everybody. This is Byron Glenn, and you're listening to the Don't Take It Personal with Byron Glenn podcast, the show that has real life conversations with people for people who didn't have these conversations at their dinner table when they were younger. Today is a special episode where I'll be sharing my thoughts on the bootstrap mentality and how nobody can do it by themselves, yet no one is coming to save you. You've heard people telling you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps or stories on how immigrants came to America with nothing and because they are successful, you have no excuses. A lot of times it comes from people who don't know you, probably have never had a conversation with you about you or your background, but they're telling you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And really, you don't need boots. You need a hand. The phrase pulling yourself up by your bootstrap dates back to an 18th century fairytale metaphor for an impossible feat of strength. The expression dates back to a story of fictional 18th century German nobleman who was famous for telling tall tales about his sensational achievements as a soldier and world traveler. In one such tale, he manages to launch himself up out of a swamp by pulling on his own hair. The saying to pull oneself up by one's bootstrap was in use during the 19th century as an example of an impossible task. Now again, impossible task. Now why would someone encourage another person to attempt failure? And I say it that way because 10 out of 10 times, if you try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you're going to fail. Well, they do that because they believe everyone has the same conversations that they had growing, the same resources, the same opportunities, but they haven't talked to you. They don't know your story, what you've been through or what you're currently going through. And that's why I started the podcast, having conversations that everyone didn't have at their dinner table. I can guarantee you at my dinner table, we were having different conversations that you were probably having at yours and vice versa. Nothing wrong with that. It's the reality of the world that we live in. Follow me on a journey. A baby just born to a family. The family is gathered at the hospital, excited, awaiting the new addition. Almost everyone was there except the father. The father shows up later that evening and a few days later, the family heads home with the new baby. They get into the door, flip the light switch, but the lights don't come on. Thinking the bulbs went out, they go to another room, but again, no power. They soon realize that the light bill wasn't paid, and while the mother was at the hospital giving birth, the electricity was cut off. That baby went home to darkness. That was 1986, and that baby was me. You see, none of us got to pick the family we will be born into, the city we were born in, year, our skin color, or even the shade of it. Some people got luckier than others. Some of us got dealt a bad hand. Many are dealing with things that happened to them they had no control over. And all decisions that were made were based on what they saw in their home, the opportunities in their environment, and the hidden cues they learned along the way. And that's how we judge people and the world. However, until we realize that not everyone had the same familiar structure as us, the same opportunities as us, 
We will always judge without having real conversations that go beyond our political talking points that we learn. In scripture, Jesus is presented with a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, the law at the time said she should be stoned to death. Let's take a moment. Just because something is a law doesn't mean it's good. Slavery, black code, and Jim Crow laws were legal in the United States. My parents were born and had specific water fountains they could drink from. Back to the story. Jesus bends down and starts writing on the ground. Then you start to hear the stones hitting the ground. The men leave and Jesus asks the woman, where are those who condemn you? Two takeaways from this story. First, I think Jesus was writing down the men's sins and what they should have been stoned for themselves. Second, stop looking at the people who want to stone you, save you. You see, they could have stoned a woman anywhere, but they were trying to prove a point. Like when someone says, so-and-so did it, why can't you? No one is coming to save you, and the people who have caused you pain won't be the same hands to heal your pain. That doesn't excuse what happened to you and what someone has said or done, but the reality is, It's up to you to create the life that you have the capacity for. And I can admit, that is tough. When you have a family, responsibilities, and are tired with no hope in sight, but nothing changes until you do. You can continue hoping someone will see how hard you worked or how tired you are trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can hope for your significant other to all of a sudden change or you will find your prince charming to fix how you've been treated in the past. Life isn't fair. But fair is a place where they judge pigs. It's not a reality. But we hope the help will come our way. And most of the time, the people who have the resources and can help don't even know the problem exists. Even though he was a teenager during the Great Depression of the 1930s, John F. Kennedy said in an interview with Time that he didn't really learn about the Great Depression until he read about it in textbooks at Harvard. You see, he had a privileged upbringing, went to elite schools and didn't have friends who had a different lifestyle. And so he was never affected by the Great Depression. And when someone is not directly affected by something, The only thing they will offer are critiques and judgment. Never conversation with those who are directly impacted by what is going on. A lot of times because they don't have the relationships. They never had those conversations when they were younger or they were shielded from having those conversations. Broken kids become broken adults. Some get married and have broken marriages. And some, if they have kids, raise broken kids. And the cycle repeats itself until someone says enough is enough and realize that the only person that could change this situation, themselves. But in order to break the cycle, you have to first admit that you don't have the tools, resources, or strength to fix your situation by yourself. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps out of trauma. I'm a strong supporter of getting professional help to help you articulate what you need and not the drugs or alcohol. 
I admit it's cheaper in the short run to numb the pain rather than deal with the pain. You might have to move away or go to school or take some classes to learn a new skill depending on what it is that you want your life to look like. Either way, you're making a choice to stay or change. Might as well be something you want. Hard work in the right environment where there are opportunities for you and what you want is how you expand your capacity. And there's nothing wrong with living a simple life, which is the opposite of what we see on television or on social media. We compare our struggle with someone else's success without knowing how they got to that place. You can't do it alone. You tried pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps and have failed. Not because you didn't work hard enough, not because you're lazy, but because it's a fairy tale and no one can do it alone. Your life is an accumulation of choices. Some were made for you and others you made yourself, but no one is coming to save you. They never were and they never will. Surround yourself with others and design the life you want for you and your family. I believe in you. 